Hello and welcome to Meraki Unboxed. My name is Simon Thompson, host of the show. Thank you very much again for uh, joining us uh, on today's episode. We're obviously very aware that uh, everybody is in a very, very difficult situation right now. We're doing our best with that uh, to keep the lights on and keep things rolling here at Cisco Meraki. I'm actually talking to you uh, from my own home office right now. And so sound quality might not be quite what you're used to on Meraki Unboxed. I don't have the fancy padded recording studio that I'm used to being surrounded by. Uh, so I've got a few cushions here trying to dampen the echo, but I don't think it's working. And you might also hear you know, the BART train that we have, the uh, the transit train that we have here in the Bay Area um, going by from time to time, but we'll try and ignore those and press on as best we can. Uh, so Meraki Unboxed is a podcast we do every couple of weeks, comes out normally on a Wednesday. And uh, the last episode we did, we were talking to a tech partner about uh, how they are leveraging our APIs to create a new business opportunity for them, but also very importantly, to solve a very important problem, particularly in the uh, higher education space. Today, we're shifting gears. We're going to talk a little bit about our wireless technology and provide you with a little bit of an update on that. We've had some announcements recently and uh, some stuff in the news. And to help me walk through that, I'm very fortunate to be joined today by Mr. Scott Weirstra. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Hey, Simon, how are you? I'm doing all right so far. We are um, we are making the best of this situation. Both Scott and I are working from home. Where, whereabouts are you working today, Scott? Uh, I'm working from my house in San Francisco. Uh, as everyone knows, uh, houses in San Francisco are generally small. Uh, so we've been adapting like Simon. So he has a BART. I have um, dogs and a wife in a small house all working over WebEx. I would say if this was a video thing, I'd probably ask for an introduction to the dogs, but um, who knows? Maybe we'll get a bark or two uh, at some point during the thing. There, there, there is a definitely a risk of some barking. <laughs> all right. Tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, uh, what do you do for us at Meraki? Yep. So I've been with, uh, so I'm Scott Wierstra. I'm the uh, wireless, one of the wireless product managers on the wireless team. I've been with Meraki for almost three years now. Uh, so I've been in charge of uh, driving our Wi-Fi 6 uh, product line to market. Um, so as everyone knows, we've obviously launched new access points over the last couple of weeks, which we'll get into uh, in yeah. depth later on. Yep. Uh, and then the other initiative that when I first came on, we started was uh, launching the uh, Meraki Wireless uh, Health. Uh, so getting more strategic and robust with our software offering to expand our market and do more uh, enterprise deployments um, and make it even easier to run large uh, distributed networks. And, and what's your background? What were you doing before you came to Meraki? How did this all come to pass? So I am a originally software engineer, uh, ended up, so actually this is an interesting story. So I built a CMS before I knew there were CMS because I didn't want to FTP uh, files. You're um, straight into the three-letter acronyms here, Scott. I'm really impressed. Yes. So I did not want to FTP things and update uh, content on websites uh, when I was running a website for a major university in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, so I built the CMS for the university way uh, so long ago. I don't want to talk about it. Unfortunately, didn't know that a CMS could be a product or a company. So probably built a small startup within a company without knowing it at a very young age, mm -hmm. uh, eventually moved to the Bay Area, worked for a uh, camera company for a little while, um, and then started a started or was one of the first 20 employees at a startup that did fixed wireless. So 
our mission was to connect um, homes to the internet over wireless. Um, so provide fiber-like speeds over uh, wireless. So it was a fully cloud-managed platform um, that recently got acquired as well uh, before joining Meraki. That sounds like the perfect, uh, the perfect Meraki uh, precursor. Then you got the perfect lineup. Yes, yes. So I had broad experience in building a cloud networking platform from the ground up. Yep. Um, built out a team to do that, and then uh, had the opportunity for work work from Meraki. Um, Obviously, they were like one of our gold standards as a model, uh, as a startup. Hundred um, percent, yeah. It's 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 been quite a ride, um, and and that ride has gotten even more interesting in the last couple of weeks because uh, what is it? It's coming up to three weeks ago. We were abruptly all sent home. We're all used to, um, for those of you who don't know, we're all used to uh, working pretty closely in the Meraki office in San Francisco. Uh, and of course, in our other offices around the world, and uh, all of a sudden we, we had to shift. And so I think some of us have some experience working from home. I had done some of that in the past, uh, but it's, it was quite a quite a change for everybody. And I'm sure for all of you listening as well, who are in the same situation, I'm sure. What's it been like for you, Scott? Uh, it's been a, so I have worked from home in the past, so um, it hasn't been horrendous. I would say that there's places that are easier and places that are more challenging. So for example, obviously at Cisco, Cisco Meraki, our sales team is well-versed in working re remote. So it's pretty yeah. easy to adapt on that side. Um, the harder side is doing R and D, um, getting together complex teams that, uh, are usually accessible on a one-on-one -on -one basis personally, yeah. uh, is a bit of a challenge. So that's been an adjustment. So, Adding, we've actually added some more structure. Um, so instead of and structure in uh, managed ways, so not hour-long meetings, but having 30-minute, 20-minute meetings twice a week with like our core R&D stakeholder groups that um, used to be more ad hoc, but that's that's been a huge assistance. Um, so it, I think we've adapted pretty well, all things considered. Right, but and and um, and the the, the challenge, I think, some of it's to, to do with uh, time management, right? Oh yeah, and uh, Simon hits a hits a really good point. So one of the interesting things you have to monitor is uh, like I think the I've gotten better at it, but the first first two weeks, I was on WebEx from eight a.m. until six seven at night, yeah, every single night with no breaks. <laughs> uh, so. It's weird, isn't it? I, I, I feel in some ways I feel at least as busy at home as I as I am in the office. And, and I think that's partly for that reason is you just you can so easily just keep on going with this yeah. stuff. So, so so my pro tip is I start scheduling breaks. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have exercise equipment in the house. Um, so I've been taking an hour in the middle of the day randomly where it fits in the schedule to actually go uh, get away from the webex and and plus you have dogs right they presumably need some exercise at some point they do need some exercise so you can get some get some fresh air yeah Go for I, a walk around the neighborhood that's been my daily thing like get out there every single day for uh for some some walking uh it's like anything helps just to break it up but uh yeah it's it's just been super intense i know webex uh i, I had some crazy figure that they're doing something like a hundred million meeting minutes per hour 
uh, right across the world. Um, so it is insane right now. Um, and we have we're very fortunate, of course, because we've got Meraki technology. Most of us um, at home. So I'm uh, I'm certainly talking to you through that right now. I'm sure you're doing the same. Yep. What have both, you got? Both have an, uh, I have a MX sixty eight CW and a MR forty six and an MR thirty six at the back of the house um, running mesh. I try to like make sure I'm testing all use cases on our wireless product. Absolutely, you got to do that. It's uh, it's one of the advantages, of course, working in product teams. You get all the toys to uh, to play with. Um, so you've got CW. So that's a that's a wireless product as well, right? Yep. So it's the MX with uh, wireless integrated. Um, I actually don't use the wireless on it, to be honest, because I want to test the access points. But yep. I do have the wireless enabled MX. Yep. Uh, um, it's pretty cool, yeah. and I think one of the things we've been hearing for sure is that uh, the, the, obviously the benefits we've been touting about Meraki for years are super helpful in this kind of really difficult situation where we can you know spin things up so quickly. I think uh, the, the the teleworking potential with some of those products is really good, and it's we're still limited by the, the the service provider that's connecting you. I know my um, my girlfriend was telling me about her Wi-Fi going up and down. I'm pretty confident it's not the Wi-Fi. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's going to be the the service provider somewhere, and it's just super busy right now. Just amazing that the internet is uh, is working so well, keeping us all going. Yeah, I, I would just to like touch on that. Like both both the WebEx team um, really dro- work, working extremely hard right now to ensure that everyone can stay connected um, as everyone shipped to video conferencing. Is like those guys deserve some huge credit. And the other part of that is on the service provider. Um, side like the internet is massively shifted from an at work demand to at home um yeah so when working with customers like their demand at the corporate headquarters like the rocky headquarters almost no one's using it right now um but our at home usage and vpn usage is through the roof yes. um so we've really we've really re-architected it's a social experiment in re-architecting how the internet works right now um, and it was done globally with zero, zero planning ahead. Like you can't plan for situations like this. No, definitely not. I mean, it's amazing how some companies have reacted. I know um, Netflix and YouTube, they've dialed back some of their quality to try and help uh, maintain the service that everybody's looking for. Um, so, but it is, to me, it's amazing that, um, you know, the internet is, is just trying to imagine going through this without that right now. It's, it's, it is hugely valuable asset for us all um i'm sure there are some ways in which we can help that within our own homes especially if you think about uh situations where there are kids around who uh, are notorious for absolutely hammering the wi-fi um what would be some of your recommendations uh, and tips for uh for using wi-fi within the home in this situation um that, that's a gr- that's a great point so um obviously running meraki at home there's a bunch of advantages of having a enterprise product in the house um, we actually have quite a few, quite a few of our staff members, quite a few of our customers running solutions at home. Yeah. Uh, but like tips are, uh, make sure you have good signal quality around the house. Um, I think a lot of people don't understand that houses can be large. Um, I know I live in a small SF house, um, yeah. but there are houses where you need repeaters, you need more access point, more than a single access point. Uh, so that's helpful. So make sure you do have robust coverage. 
Um, if you're working from home, like the best coverage is obviously close to the access point. So try to have it in your work from home, near your work from home location, whether it be your dining room table or office. And the other great thing you can do with our product is you can actually add policies that limit usage per user in your house um, during periods of time. I've, um, I've heard that story so many times with people excited about how they can uh, stop their kids from completely hammering the, uh, the network. It's probably more useful than ever right now. Yeah. So you, through policy enforcement, you can do a good job of uh, metering Wi-Fi usage in your, your home yeah. um, to the people who need it. I also saw a funny thing uh, in the news the other day. It's definitely true. Uh, it makes perfect sense, although I'm surprised that people are using the 2.4 uh, gig Wi-Fi. So that's the older GB uh, Wi-Fi standards and N, I suppose. Uh, the, the microwave oven. Did you see that one? Yeah, they do. Uh, microwaves do uh, emit interference, so don't put your AV by your microwave, right. um, or d don't try or to do a don't Skype. Use... Don't 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 put your Skype your call your uh, phone by the microwave while doing a Skype call while you're popping popcorn with um, your Bluetooth headset on at the yeah, same time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I, I think we all know this pretty well by now. So the recommendation really is to be all on five five gig by now if you can, right? Yeah. Um, other, other interesting things. So the interesting thing with this rapid transition is sort of brought back a way back feature. Um, we call it like a original Meraki value prop in that we actually allow you to tunnel your SSID back to your MX. Um, so basically you get a VPN auto VPN like, um, experience. Uh, so this allows you to have, you could have your kids on one wi-fi ssid and you could also have like we could have a meraki corp like ssid for doing your work calls um without having to connect your vpn it just makes a easier easier vpn management at home for bring your own devices and such right because it's a it's a no-brainer there's no setup required on the on the client side right in, no in that, in that setup. Just, it's in, it's, not, want... it's kind of encrypting right from the from the ap to the mx Yep, it's encrypted uh, VPN traffic. Yeah. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, let's let's shift gears and talk about uh, what is what's new because I know we've had some some announcements recently. Uh, new access points. So um, talk us through the um, the new models that we brought out. Yes. Yeah, so uh, on February February eighteenth, well, it's been thirty days, almost twenty nine or about. 40 days we're, we're, since, we're, uh, we're losing track rapidly folks <laughs> yeah it's been it's been long enough that i actually have to check my calendar um yeah. but we recently launched uh three new access points um the mr 56 mr 46 mr 36 um the mr 56 is an 8x8 um wi-fi uh wi-fi 6 ap the 46 is a 4x4 wi-fi 6 ap and the 36 is the um, first to market two by two uh, Wi-Fi six AP um, for Cisco, mm -hmm. um, and the pricing for those are eight forty nine for the two by two. Wow, we're getting, the, we're getting a complete we're getting a complete catalog experience here. This is great, folks. Yes. <laughs> so, just I whipped through the catalog experience quickly here, um, but the exciting part of this is uh, this is hot off the press. So just last week, uh, these became Wi-Fi Alliance certified. Um, so these are Wi-Fi 6 certified as of last week. You can look them up on the Wi-Fi Alliance um, website. That's awesome. Um, 
So and, it's and an the, exciting the, time. Ex, ex. The, sorry, the standard, the standard was only ratified fairly recently, right? I mean, they've been talking about it for years, but uh, I think the final ratification was, when was that, January? I think it was, it was Je- December, January, or yeah. November. I can't remember the exact date. Um, but yeah, it's very recent. So um, it's great to have, uh, finally get the certified APs uh, available that our customers have been asking for. Yeah, I bet that feels good. Um, so Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi Alliance, that's the that's the body that basically certifies all of the products for all of the Wi-Fi standards as they as they come along, right? Correct. Nice. All right. So the the APs themselves, I mean, they are. I mean, you've got these different numbers and obviously different prices, but they, it's really about the the number of um, antennas and radios that are that are built into those different APs. How do you describe the differences between those models? Um, basically, with the, what, it, what, what they are is they're basically Wi-Fi 6, they're all Wi-Fi 6 enabled. The biggest difference is cell size and capacity. So um, by two antennas, it's a great for lower density deployments. Um, this is the MR36. It's a beautiful little AP, but if you need coverage for, you're not going to have a hundred clients on the device running, uh, HD video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great access point for that solution. So you still have pretty good range, but you're not going to have, um, advantages of beam forming, um, et cetera, to drive the cell size up and the ability to have multi-user MIMO. The larger APs, they just, the 46, you get like, that's a great classroom. I call it like a great classroom AP. So if you're doing a K through 12 classroom with 30 students, um, it's a great AP for that um, environment. It has four by four on two, four and uh, five gigs. So one of the nice things with Wi-Fi six that always gets dropped is that um, on 8211 AC or Wi-Fi five, um, 2.4 was actually 8211N. So we've double, we've skipped a whole generation of standards on 2.4. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's not many clients running uh, AX or Wi-Fi 6, um, but that's going to future-proof your network um, in that frequency as well. They are coming and along then, though, right? Because I, I think my I think my iPhone, does my iPhone have it? I think it does. They, they do. So that's a great question. So there are iPhones, there's um, Androids, there's laptops with it. Yep. Uh, as as like we're just getting our AP certified um, as just previously discussed. So the interesting thing is even as people are client vendors are future proofing their clients when in reality, a lot of the software features are not um, enabled across the board, but there's, we're definitely like seeing that migration. So there's more and more hardware being sold with Wi-Fi six capabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start seeing the software functionality be turned on by, all the client devices over the next 12 months. And I think by like end of 2020 or 2021, we'll really start having the critical mass of new clients to really start taking advantage of uh, the new Wi-Fi 6 features. Right, and that's the thing, the next thing I wanted you to um, to recap because we did do, a, we did do a, a podcast episode on Wi-Fi 6 way back. In fact, it was our pilot episode where we talked about the, the benefits there, but it's been quite a while since then. I think a recap would probably be a good idea. Um, so we, we, like you say, the clients are gradually going to be you know, turning on the capabilities that really take advantage of this new standard. So how would you walk us through, you know, those benefits we're seeing? Yep. I'm going to go through like the two 
two primary use cases that I think are going to be most measurable uh, improvements. So the first one is, uh, I think, like a huge part of Wi-Fi 6, they're bringing in LTE um, or 4G technology or 5G, no, 4G technology into the Wi-Fi paradigm, mm -hmm. which is to allow for better VoIP um, experience. So Voice over IP. Yeah. So you're, we're seeing more and more people take Wi-Fi calls. So if you're in the office, people are going, they expect seamless roaming, Wi-Fi calls, lower latency. So as more and more people are moving to Wi-Fi, calling and video chat and um, anything with like low latency requirements is what the Wi-Fi 6 standard does. It introduced a new technology called OFDMA. So traditional Wi-Fi is single on, single off. So if I'm running a 80, I'm going to just go worst case scenario. I'm running an 80 megahertz channel mm -hmm. and Simon takes a voice call and there's 10 other people in the room with Simon on that access point. He's going to take up the entire 80 megahertz channel for right. a minute amount of data. So with Wi-Fi 6, they split this into sub, this is pretty technical, but sub carrier bands. So instead of being one road, we now go from like a one lane highway to like an eight lane super highway. Oh, that's a nice We're, analogy. I like that. So all of a sudden you can have Simon, me, um, and Bob talk at the same time and we'll just allocate some of that 80 megahertz for that transmission period to all of you. Um, and that way you're way more efficient. So you're, you're using your spectrum and spectrum is a limited resource mm -hmm. efficiently and you're solving a real customer pain point, which is I want a great voice experience over Wi-Fi. Right. So the so the the improvement is not so much in the voice quality; it's in the ability of the Wi-Fi uh, capacity to scale up to support more users simultaneously. Right. Correct. So so like, uh, let's go. Hardest scenario would be like a call center. You could run it on. Uh, Right. Wi-Fi and see the same experience you get over LTE. Um, obviously, you're all, you still have capacity restraints, but you'll be able to use that sp spectrum efficiently for um, like a voice calling center. Uh, and then at the same time, and since the small, traditionally small VoIP usage drives massive overhead on the AP. So if I have 40 users using VoIP and three users using video, those 40 users are using a ton of your capacity for like very little traffic. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden you can dedicate more of your um, usage to um, the video traffic and get better video streaming. I can go download a new copy of Office onto my laptop and have VoIP running and it's going to just be much more efficient. Mm. Okay, so this, this is more than just voice over IP because of course many of us now are are using uh, video conferencing technology of some description where, where I'm sure many people who are listening to this will be using it on a daily basis to uh, maintain their work in this situation we're in. So there are advantages there as well, even with uh, even with video calling like a WebEx call. Correct. Yep. Really the objective with that technology is to use every bit of spectrum as efficiently as possible. Right. Okay. So what else is there? There's, there's definitely uh, more to it than that, I remember. Yes. So another cool feature is everyone complains about um, client device battery life. So yeah. clients, when you're using Wi-Fi, um, do use traditionally use more um, 
battery than over LTE, actually. And that's because Wi-Fi, you're constantly beaconing to know when you're going to receive packets. So the device is always waiting to receive. So it's like on, it's signaling, it's wasting batteries, signaling when I'm going to get packets, I'm mm -hmm. going to receive packets or transmit to get into the queue for Wi-Fi. So with Wi-Fi 6, they've in implemented a new technology called target wait time. And this actually schedules and tells the device when it's going to receive packets. So the device goes into sleep, it waits, um, and yes, this happens in milliseconds or seconds, but the fact that the device isn't constantly probing uh, saves significant battery life. So right. on just the Wi-Fi side, I think it's up to 67% battery improvement wow. um, saved on that part of the stack. That's a big improvement, especially, I mean, we're, we're so reliant on these mobile devices and uh, battery is... Uh, constant. I mean, it's getting better all the time, but uh, I, I know it's that's very variable out there. So there are some devices that can really take advantage of this. So the way you're describing it, it makes it sound like the the traditional way is kind of dumb because regardless of whether there's anything going on or not, there's com there's communication happening to check to see if there's anything yeah. that needs to be communicated. And now it's it's going to be a little bit more intelligent in uh, by using this kind of scheduling thing. Correct. Okay. Um. And there, there's other, I think those are like the key yeah. key use cases that we're solving. The other high level one that I'd like to talk about briefly is that Wi-Fi 6 also adds 8x8 eight eight, um, solutions. So these, again, eight streams, larger cell size, you can get more clients on it. Um, it's just like a really high capacity. So those are for your convention centers, um, large classrooms. If you're doing classes with 100 students or 200 students like that's the sort of um ultra high density uh ap that did not exist in um 8 or 11 ac and you get some you get some better um upstream performance right uh so the uh, oh correct yes so, yeah go ahead correct so one of the things in wi-fi 6 is they've also done uplink oh uh multi-user mimo and ofdma um so this allows Multi-user MIMO is basically, if you have an AP, so you have an eight-stream AP and I have a two-stream client device and we have four people and we go in four directions from the AP, the AP can actually steer two beams to each of us so that we're simultaneously dedicated to that, um, those antennas. Mm -hmm. So up increases the capacity of the AP. And then and the nice thing is now that it's upstream as well. So that that was, I think, a, a development that happened in the last uh, twelve months. And 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 so the the the, the the example I always think of for that is, I mean, it's an extreme example. But you imagine that you go to an event, and uh, you know we'll get to do that again at some point. And you're you're uh, you know you're enjoying a music event or something. There's a whole bunch of people there. They're all taking pictures. They're all uploading stuff to their social feeds. And and now it's it's just going to be able to handle that kind of upstream mass capacity a little bit better. Yep, it'll be it'll be. Uh, I wouldn't say you're going to see like a huge performance improvement, but it's going to be a performance improvement. Um, every little helps. Every little bit helps, uh, and that that sort of like touches on a fun fun use case we did last year. Um, so we actually did the U.S. Open. Um, so we did. Uh, that's the golf tournament right i'm not a golfer but oh I, yes I think, golf i think golf i've heard pebble of beach. so we went to pebble beach yeah. and uh the amazing thing is how much icloud 
backup happens at an event. So most people have auto backup turned on on their iPhone. Right, yes. And as people take photos, you think it'd be Instagram and Facebook and such is they were just phenomenal amount of photos being taken and automatically uploaded back to iCloud. So That's a really um, good point. It, so whether you're so social or not, you're still going to be uh, seeing an advantage. Yes. Yeah, so if you're running an event and you're a customer of ours, um, limit limit the uh, iCloud um, bandwidth application uh, through dashboard. Uh, it'll give you give you a better uh, better experience for most of your clients because really they care about Instagram, Facebook, um, all that fun stuff. Of course. No, I, that's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. So I'm, I'm always thinking about the active things that people do. But of course, you're right. Um, uh, the same is true on Android with, uh, I think Google Photos does this. It'll just um, it'll automatically back up your pictures as soon as you've taken them and it'll use whatever it can to do it. So uh, there's, there's obviously a, a benefit there. And the other thing I wanted to chat with you about was on the features side. So the APs are obviously, we're staying right on the bleeding edge there and we've got the Wi-Fi 6 compliance uh, with uh, and the Wi-Fi Alliance certification are done now. So that's super awesome. Um, I remember that a while back we introduced a feature uh, called Wireless Health, uh, which which I think was a really nice way to uh, help IT administrators get deeper into understanding the source, the true source of a challenge with Wi-Fi experience. You want to talk us through what what Wireless Health um, brought to us? Give it in your words. Um, yeah, so I think. And this sort of this sort of like originated from my startup experience is that um, anyone who's run a Wi-Fi network always gets blame first. So oh, yeah. Wi-Fi is the first point of blame. Hey, the Wi-Fi is broken. Um, when in reality, uh, it's often it's actually rarely a pure Wi-Fi issue. It's usually somewhere uh, configuration network issue, yep. um, DHCP lease, lease issue, policy issue. There's millions of reasons, or not millions, but significant number of reasons that a network can have a issue. And one of the things I really drove when I joined Meraki was like, hey, we're sitting on this um, full stack solution with security. Um, oh, I am going to get a dog that's going to bark. Yeah, I think I, I thought I heard a little <laughs> dog wince there. That was cool. This is proof that this is recorded live, folks, and uh, and very much in the work from home era. <laughs> she, she, she's going to sit on my lap. Okay, cool. <laughs> what a shame a this isn't video. I'm sure we'd all love to see it. Um, so any, anyways, back to that. So we are one of the value props that we have is we have security, we have routing, we have SD-WAN, we have switching, we have wireless was like, hey, we can pinpoint issues anywhere in the network stack across multiple locations. So if you're running... Yep. 50 schools, 50 retail locations, 50 banks. Um, it doesn't really matter. Like, how can we help um, users troubleshoot faster? Uh, and what I drove initially was started with the wireless. So obviously, there are challenges with being um, like we have seven, almost seven million devices online now. The you have to be careful how you methodically move functionality forward like i don't want to radically change dashboard in a way that's disruptive for our customers but at the same time we want to push in the direction we want so what we wanted to do was um between firmware changes dashboard changes mm -hmm. slowly enable dashboard to be more 
uh, troubleshooting centric. Um, obviously, our goal is to make networking s simple, easy to set up. Like you shouldn't really have network issues, but when you do, like let's make it really easy for you to take seconds, minutes to troubleshoot versus like looking through sure. page after page of issues. So we started with a feature called Rocky Wireless Health. Uh, it instantly allowed you at a network level to see if you're having association issues, DHCP issues, radius issues. Um, so can I authenticate? Can I get an IP address or can I associate to the network? Um, and at a per SSID level. So mm -hmm. uh, you could instantly um, find issues. Like, for example, I actually had a customer in for an EBC and help ticket comes in they're having issues he opens a wireless help this happened in real time opens a wireless health page their dhcp server was uh, was actually in, uh inaccessible right. uh, so he fixed he fixed it in the meeting in like two minutes he's like oh i love this feature this is fantastic genius um so he fixed that uh so what we're excited to talk about today is we've actually extended this feature um so there's three three key use cases um, that we've uh, enabled beyond this. So instead of just a wireless health solution, mm -hmm. if you now go to the Meraki client page, so there's two, two types of issues, like let's just high level. There's like network-wide issues. So first phase was focused on network-wide issues. Do I have a network-wide wireless issue? The second phase is, do I have a client? So um, Simon, maybe Simon's the guy who always calls IT and they're like, I have a problem and mm -hmm. it's really hard to trouble, troubleshoot. I'm like, do they have a coverage issue? Is it their desk? Is it something with their laptop? Um, maybe he has like way too many applications open or Chrome tabs open. So he has no CPU left on his laptop. So he has a bad network performance. Um, so the second phase was focusing on the client perspective. Interesting. Um, so on the client page, we now offer a full end-to-end -end view. So if you're using MR, MS, and MX, you can see a full stack of potential issues. Um, obviously, this is our first gate through this, so not all the issues we want are in this view, but in, already it's very powerful. You can see like um, errors on a, on a WAN port or on a LAN port. Um, you can go all the way into like Meraki Insights and see that like end-to-end -end, uh, solution in one spot. Mm -hmm. um, this feedback's been fantastic, and we're rapidly adding new functionality to that. So the, the, this was really interesting, what you were saying. I mean, I think the, the, the great advantage I saw when Wireless Health came along was that now, as, as you said it, uh, we, we are able to now say, okay, this isn't actually a Wi-Fi problem. This is actually a DHCP server issue. This is a DNS server issue. Uh, this is something else somewhere, you know, related to perhaps performance of a of a server somewhere. And we're starting to bring that in together. The These um, client side issues are really interesting. So uh, how far have we been able to get with that? Because I guess that must be a little challenging with the, you know, interaction with the operating system on, a, on the client side. So on, the, on the client side, we have not. It's sort of part of the vision statement. And like we want to leverage. Right. Um, if you're an SM customer, it's things we'd love to um, get into over the next period of time. Right. But systems like if you're manager. using SM, yep. yeah, systems manager is like a nice extension to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's uh, that's obviously an area where we're going to be able to continue adding more functionality as time goes by. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the building block is there. We can see like CC, CCQ errors. You can see um, 
like if an Ethernet port is negotiated at 10, 10 megs instead of a gig or multi-gig, um, so maybe you have a cable issue. Right. Uh, you can instantly see that right now on, rem- in dashboard. I remember from my time as a network engineer that, uh, in fact, I had a mantra that um, when I was troubleshooting, I always start at the physical layer. Like it's so many times, it's a it's a kinked cable uh, or an issue issue somewhere there or with or with the Wi-Fi. So uh, this is this sounds like this is definitely going to help the IT admins out there get get to grips with stuff even faster. Yep. Okay, uh, well, that sounds pretty exciting. Um, maybe we should just uh, think about uh, where we go from here because uh, this sounds like a journey. I, I know that with the uh, with, with Meraki Insight as well, which is a really different, it's a different product, but still obviously part of the Meraki suite, we're able to essentially troubleshoot all the way from the cloud-hosted server application through the wide area network and into the LAN and now all the way to the client device. At every stage, we're able to identify what the potential cause of of a depleted experience is uh so how do we take it forward from here what are you what are you um, working on what have you got cooking in the kitchen right now yeah so um i get like so cooking in the kitchen so what's coming up is um we are about to in the next couple of months release a new major firmware release which is um one of the things we wanted to do is make sure we have more metrics available that have not been available um, for troubleshooting. So this is more mm-hmm. this is more of the nerd knobs, I'd call it, um, but deep, deep um, wireless metrics uh, for monitoring and seeing roaming issues or signal strength issues or coverage gaps in your deployment and also being able to couple those with um, configuration changes and environment changes in your network. Right. Um, so that that's like coming up in the next couple of months. Um, and the one one other feature that I think is pretty awesome that is part of the full end to end health solution and a huge advantage of dashboard again is we now have historical client connectivity on the client page. Mm-hmm. So this would be you if Simon went and looked for his um, MacBook on dashboard in the Meraki Corpus office. You would see that he has not been there for three weeks because <laughs> he's working from home. Exactly. Right. But if he was there, it would show him which APs he connected to, what what each day uh, Simon's like network experience was like. Um, so you could find common. So if Simon's was always complaining about issues, you'd be like, "Oh, he's spending most of his time at this AP. Um, let's go take a look at like why why this AP is giving issues." Um, and that's where like the future troubleshooting is like okay when i get a nuanced issue can we enable the customer to get more details um into what's causing that issue right specifically and actually i mean as you were saying that i was i was picturing the it administrator in that situation uh you know simon's the one who's already who's always calling it and complaining about things but maybe just maybe he's not crying wolf this time and uh and you would be able to look at other clients presumably associated with the same AP or in the same you know physical area to to identify if there's a common issue others are seeing as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, so that cool. that's like the the major drive um, is obviously there'll be more Wi-Fi six platforms coming out um, over the next while, and then we'll also have um, new major firmware coming out. All right. So there's plenty cooking in that kitchen as well as um, in the in the Weirstra household as lunch is getting prepared, no doubt. Correct. <laughs> 
well, well, it, while we were we're still shipping from home is what i like to call it right there you go and that's and that's pretty impressive i mean i can i can definitely uh i think for every team out there uh, whatever company you're working for right now, it's definitely a challenge uh, keeping trying to keep things as business as usual as possible uh, for everybody. So we definitely feel for you. We're all together in this situation. Uh, it's great to hear that uh, despite the challenges, uh, we're doing our best to keep the development going on at Meraki with uh, with new both hardware and software, uh, so we can keep uh, improving the experience that uh, that folks have with their IT. Uh, Scott, I want to thank you very much for uh, for taking some time out. I know it's uh, challenging right now. We were, we're both in these weird situations, and uh, and everybody, please please forgive us for all the kind of background noises you hear. Uh, maybe apart from the dog, that's quite a nice one. I like that one. We need more dog sounds uh, on the on the podcast. I think maybe we yes. should. Uh, maybe you could record some for us, and I can use them like a jingle or something. <laughs> we we are a dog friendly office, so um, this is true. I just, du- I just doubled down on dogs today. I think the, 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 the dogs and, uh, and other pets in our lives must be super happy right now with us being around so often. Uh, I've seen quite a few funny, uh, funny videos on, uh, on YouTube to that effect. So I know yeah. it's a pretty common experience right now. Um, but yes, stay safe, everyone. Um, and uh, we'll keep uh, shipping and solving your problems. There you go. You heard it first from Mr. Weirstra. We'll hold him to it. Um, okay. Thank you very much, uh, Scott. And thank you all as, for, as well for joining us uh, on today's um, podcast episode. Uh, this has been Meraki Unboxed. And like I said, we bring these to you every couple of weeks. We'd love to get your thoughts on some episodes uh, you'd like us to participate in uh, or to, to run for you. Uh, if you'd like to be part of an episode, love that as well. We could, we're all set up for doing this now, especially now we're working from home. We just did this with Scott over Skype. Uh, so we know we can uh, we can do this with anybody. Uh, so if you please would like to uh, let us uh, let us know what your thoughts are, you can do that in a couple of ways. If you go to community.meraki.com, you will find uh, that there is uh, conversation opportunities for you there, and you can give us some feedback about the podcast or really anything else to do with your Meraki experience there. Uh, alternatively, you can reach out to me directly online. Uh, I'm on Twitter all the time, and you can find me there at Meraki Simon. At Meraki Simon is my handle on Twitter. Okay, so we'll wrap things up now. Scott, thank you once again, and uh, and to the dog as well. And um, hope you all have uh, well, uh, do your very best in this situation. Like I said, we're all in it together, and we will get through this. So uh, just hang in there, and uh, we'll keep bringing these to you. So please stay tuned. Uh, we'll see you again soon on Meraki Unboxed. Bye for now.